Welcome and thanks for joining me. My guest today is Daniel Messimer. He's the Director of Network Engineering and Provisioning at the Department of Veterans Affairs. The VA has been experimenting with new wireless connectivity services for several years now, with ongoing 5G experiments at several locations around the country, and Dan is right at the center of it all. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Justin. So just to start things off, can you tell us a little bit about what you do as Director of Network Engineering and Provisioning? Appreciate the question. Uh, our team is responsible for uh, all network engineering, architecture, and telecommunications provisioning for the entire VA enterprise. We provide network architecture uh, support, uh, expectations, baselines, security standards, as well as provide the telecommunications services, uh, WAN circuits, voice delivery, as well as our cellular footprint across the uh, VA uh, footprint. And that footprint, uh, correct me if I have my numbers wrong, but that's about 18 million veterans and their families and uh, 1,255 facilities nationwide. Pretty small network there, right? It is pretty small. And just a minor update is we're tracking uh, approximately 2,200 distinct sites that we support across the, across the VA. That, that, would, that encompasses all three administrations between VHA, VBA, and the National Cemetery Service. We also operate a few sites, OCONUS as well, all the way out in the Philippines, all the way into Puerto Rico. That's truly a global network. How is the VA hoping to modernize the networks here in 2022? What's, what's your strategy for boosting connectivity across the VA? Well, our strategy in network modernization, is, it's multifold, right? So we're exploring uh, opportunities in uh, alternative forms of transport. And, you know, that's where conversations around cellular 5G come into play. Uh, we're also uh, exploring and expanding our footprint around software-defined wide area networks uh, and really see the marriage of those two providing some uh, additional services and support for our clinicians, our service providers, and at the end of the day, for our veterans. And so over the past two years, I know the VA has been experimenting with some 5G networks at, at some of its healthcare facilities. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, what, what you've done so far on the, on the 5G experimentation front? Absolutely. Uh, over the past uh, couple of years, uh, we've worked with uh, industry partners to deliver some early 5G capabilities at three of our medical centers. We have uh, services available in Palo Alto, California. We have services available in Seattle, Washington, as well as Miami, Florida. Those installations are to provide early capabilities at those locations. We see that as a launching point for uh, us to engage with our innovations teams to really explore what those use cases are and how we fold the 5G capabilities into the VA network infrastructure. And what's the maturity of those experiments? Are they all, are they all kind of at the same point or are, are they at varying points? They're effectively all really early in the infancy. Uh, uh, so we have systems deployed in the maturity progression. Uh, we would consider those sites to be uh, in their infancy, where we just have them deployed and really starting to scratch the surface around what's possible uh, and what early test cases and use cases we can uh, develop and deploy. So when you say um, in their infancy, do you mean you just have you know, maybe a small network deployed alongside, a 5G network deployed alongside the main network that the hospital system might be using? How does that work in practice? For this case, we have uh, basically a 5G capability over 
all three full medical centers. However, our two networks are not integrated as of yet. We can operate test environments without impacting our production network and our service delivery to our veterans today. It's really the, the marriage of uh, the best marriage we can accomplish uh, working with our industry partners while also allowing for uh, innovations testing. And so if I were to walk into, say, the, the healthcare system at Palo Alto and start working there uh, as, a, as, as, you know, any, any position, right, would, would I be using a 5G network for any specific part of my job? How, how, how does that kind of affect the, the personnel there that are working every day? Today, your, our standard uh, providers probably won't know, notice a difference uh, given that split between production and test environments. Uh, the, the ideal situation here is that we'll be marrying the two networks together. Again, that should be ubiquitous to our users. However, they would experience a better application experience, uh, faster access to the telehealth systems, easier access to some data sets at the data centers, you know, those sorts of application uses. And what are you learning so far in this experimentation? Any, any early lessons to share? Well, it's difficult really to talk about too many outcomes. Uh, the 5G industry is very early, uh, and we're amongst the earliest of the adopters. But we are excited to continue to learn what we can as we deploy. You know, right now, some of our biggest hurdles are entirely around uh, security and integration between the vendors' 5G uh, networks and uh, the VA uh, secure network. Got it. And so, uh, is there anything you can share on uh, maybe approaches to to tackling that challenge? Because I'm sure that's a challenge that a lot of other enterprises might be grappling with too, or will grapple with. Well, we we approach all of our network integrations in a, in a similar manner, where we are uh, taking into account our security architecture as well as our north star of uh, end user nirvana. We're trying to make sure that any work we accomplish provides our physicians and nurses with the best possible outcomes while also maintaining our security posture for the, uh, our veterans' data. Therefore, you know, there's a bit of a methodical approach as we go through these things. Once again, tying back to the fact that today we have a, a distinct split between our test environments and our production environments so that we can roll through test scenarios of the applications as well as their security impact before considering rolling them into production. Got it. And take me into some of those test scenarios. What are you What are you looking at using with these networks? In a broader sense, you know, some of the things that most excite us about five G are going to be the the high bandwidth promise, uh, as well as the low latency portions. I, I believe that's that's fairly well understood in the market. Leveraging those, you know, not only the use cases that that the innovations teams may be working on, whether or not they are uh, augmented reality adoption or uh, medical robots or otherwise, we're also attempting to deploy 5G in our rural spaces. One of VA's biggest challenges is providing high bandwidth, low latency connectivity out in our communities. So therefore, 5G is a big player in that. Uh, we had a fairly early opportunity to deploy 5G paired with one of our SD-WAN deployments to cover some site activations in the California area, where we were able to light up four distinct clinics on time, and we leveraged 5G as our backhaul. And it was quite a learning experience for us to deploy those systems in that way. Uh, it was you know, not without its struggles, but at the end of the day, it was a fairly, a fairly good example of some success in leveraging the 5G where a previous LTE signal would not have had the same results. And so in that case, you know, the 5G isn't necessarily extending out to that facility, but it's providing, it's, it's carrying the cargo halfway there. And then, and then there are other networks that are providing the rest of that transport. 
Th- that's correct. So we, we would consider that to be a, a form of wireless backhaul in that case. So we've replaced our traditional peripheral-based WAN connection with the 5G connection in those areas. Some of the lessons learned from those is, uh, you know, 5G, it did give the lower latency. Uh, we did realize lower latency. We realized reduced jitter. Uh, we did see the increased bandwidth compared to its LTE and 4G counterparts, and that was very successful. We did bump our knees a bit on some of the early adoption uh, issues where, where some of the carrier networks are continuing to expand and support. We stubbed our toes a couple of times there. We found the need for some very distinct site surveys so that we can get antennas aligned correctly uh, in items like that. Got it. And, and, and the importance of that work in the in the rural setting obviously can't be understated, right, where you're connecting a, a lot of communities and, and veterans in those communities to healthcare, where they've probably struggled before to, to connect to telehealth services and things like that. Is that right? You are absolutely correct, Justin. Uh, you know, our interest in the rural settings is exactly that, where we're doing our best to provide modern telehealth services, not only to our providers, but to the veterans in those areas. And the rural coverage has been an ongoing challenge. So while we're discussing, you know, and, and just show the examples of how we leverage 5G in those areas, we're also very interested in some of the upcoming low Earth orbit systems, uh, especially in the rural coverage environment where we see that as a distinct possibility of extending our tool bag, if you will, of providing connectivity to our sites exactly where they are. Got it. Well, that's, that's really interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for, for more news on that. And, and, and so in addition to, to rural settings, I think you're also exploring using 5G, as we've talked about before, within, within hospitals, uh, using, using things like uh, smart medical devices and applications of that nature. Can you say any more about, you know, what you're learning on that front and, and you know, the interconnected nature of a, of a hospital these days? Well, I can tell you, uh, as, as that work is being led by our VA, uh, our VHA innovations team, is that they're working on several uh, interconnected use case items that, are, that range from further down the road uh, sections of some previous augmented reality work to some upcoming wayfinding style capabilities. Nearly all of those, like I mentioned earlier, are still in their uh, early beta and, and you might even consider even alpha stage of development where, where we're mostly just uh, exploring the art of the possible. How can we bridge? How can we explore? Uh, we're really diving into, like I said, the art of the possible with our innovations team. You know, once we have a valid you know, use case and test environment, when we can start seeing how that scales, how we can deploy that across the enterprise and deliver those services in mass to our veterans. Got it. Taking a step back, I guess, can you talk about how this kind of strategy to have all these different innovations and network experimentation activities kind of came together? And then what's the path forward for perhaps moving beyond alpha and beta? Um, I think you talked about this a little earlier with the networks coming together, right? But like, what's the what's the broader path forward beyond from moving from alpha to beta to, you know, operationalizing a lot of these things if if they prove out? Well, the the plan is is a more general engineering plan where where we take a a product. Uh, in this case, it would be an innovations product. Uh, understand its requirements, uh, and then address all the needs in the buckets of acquisition, systems development, and then we work on conops and product plans for uh, rollout. So again, today, these are all very early, would be considered lab environment tests. 
I don't know if this was the case for 4G or earlier instances of, you know, new generations of wireless networks, but it sounds like this time agencies like the VA are kind of getting in the game earlier, perhaps. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but is is this kind of a new process that you guys are working through, kind of trying to hitch your wagon earlier in the process of this, this new generation of wireless networks? I wouldn't consider it necessarily a new process, but you're entirely correct that we're very early in the service capabilities and the adoption. Most of our work is entirely centered upon the two sides of that coin, is the network capabilities and its saturation to the market, and, and therefore its overlap into uh, the VA presence, counterbalanced by the use case development, where uh, we actually have to sit down and, and validate, well, what are the available 5G-style use cases? let's say, the realm of Internet of Things, and then how do those apply to the VA business model? And uh, while both streams are active at the same time, it'll, it'll take some time as the market matures as well as the VA matures and then get those things to uh, marry and find that nexus. The change would be, in this case, is that we are becoming an early adopter of 5G capabilities versus a latecomer adopter, as uh, may have happened previously, let's say, an LTE environment or other uh, network capabilities. And, and so why do you why do you think that is? Is that just, you know, all these different potential applications, IoT is just so much more potentially beneficial than perhaps the 4G applications were in the government's eyes? Or why, why do you think there's been this shift in mentality with, with 5G? Well, I think you're you're seeing the the move to cloud smart adoption, the the increase in technology capabilities around uh, machine learning, AI, and those heavy workloads becoming more accessible with 5G capabilities. So you 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 pair those low latency, high bandwidth style applications with the mobile nature of our workforce these days, and that's where you see the likely nexus of magnificent value to the VA clinician, the providers, uh, as well, and in the end, to our veterans, where we'll be able to deliver those high-value services right to that edge of our network and ideally right to the veteran themselves. And are you leveraging the work of any other agencies or working with any of the other agencies who are exploring these different topics? We are not uh, hand-in-hand with any other agency at this moment, but we do stay in communication with others, you know, and where they are, where we are, and we continue to seek collaboration with other agencies in this space. Yeah, and, and I mean, one, one area that all agencies are, strug- are uh, sort of confronting is uh, security. We mentioned a little bit earlier. I'm sure the security of a network in a healthcare setting is, is a paramount concern, so, so I guess, can you tell me a little bit more about your strategy for ensuring the security of these networks and all of these interconnected, increasingly interconnected devices? Well, today we have an additional focus around zero trust and our zero trust architecture. So as we're uh, leveraging 5G and how it integrates and deploys in our networks, our zero trust plan is going to be informative to how we specifically integrate. And it is our expectations that the development of zero trust principles being applied to our workforce will be an enabler of 5G technologies into the future. Yeah, of course, the White House just came out with the zero trust strategy. And so that kind of provides agencies like yours with a little bit more guidance on on what you should be doing 
doing in that area. And, and you know, then, then there's also supply chain for 5G. Are, are you confronting any issues there in, in the ensuring the trustworthiness of the different hardware and software that comes together to form these networks? We remain engaged with every one of our uh, vendor partners to ensure that our supply chain uh, or their supply chain is made whole. And as part of our zero trust planning going forward, we include updated policies and procedures around validating supply chain of not only our hardware delivery, but also the software delivery. And we uh, have every expectation that that process will mature and stay in play for the future. All right. So, so I guess what's next for the VA? You have three, three of those experiments underway at three different locations. What's going to happen going forward here in the next you know, year that you can share with us? Well, we're going to continue working with our VHA innovations team around use case development in each of those three cases. We have, we're going to continue also with our wireless backhaul work where we uh, continue to push the limits of 5G capabilities in our, in our backhaul, uh, ideally to help us support uh, backup circuits as well as emergent response capabilities. We uh, recently have deployed, in working with another vendor partner, uh, quite a bit of a 5G footprint in the Puerto Rico area that is not only 5G capable, but is also hurricane resistant. And we're really excited about that capability in Puerto Rico, especially for our VA sites and, and VA capabilities. We expect this to help them in case of future disaster, uh, where you know, cellular communications was quite a big of a problem. Uh, this will allow us a uh, expected uh, easier response you know, in time of emergency in the area there as well. Uh, so probably the most important things that we're seeking going forward are the the immediate would be our, our WAN support in our backhaul, uh, and then the future being the use cases being deployed under the innovations teams for advances in the medical devices, wayfinding, potential robotics applications. Got it. Interesting enough, our last uh, interview on this subject was with DHS s and discussing how they're uh, exploring communications networks, future advances there for first responders and disaster response. So it sounds like you guys have some some kind of overlapping work there going on in, in Puerto Rico. I think that's all we have for today, but I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing all these, these interesting developments that are happening at the VA. We'll certainly be watching them going forward. Absolutely, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.